So I hope you all liked the worship dance that was presented by a women's group. Uh, they prepared for weeks uh, for this worship dance. It's a short song, but for them to all move like that, it takes a lot of practice. Uh, so some of them, they woke up, they told me they wake up every morning and they would start the day with this worship dance. Not just to practice, but to, you know, it's their way of worshiping and lifting uh, praise to God. Uh, some of them had dreams about it. A few had <laughs> nightmares about it. <laughs> so, but God was good. God is good. And that was beautifully done. And um, what a reminder, a blessing to us that there's so many ways uh, that we can offer uh, lift up worship to God, not just with their voice, but with, you know, from bottom of our heart, for every movement, uh, our movement of our hands, our bodies. There's so many ways that uh, we can offer, uh, lift up our praise and gratitude to God. So I'm just very grateful uh, to our women's group. Uh, today, we have before us a story about a woman, uh, a Gentile woman, uh, who knelt before Jesus, asking for him to heal her sick daughter. And you hear this desperate plea of a mother who would do anything, uh, perhaps everything, uh, if it meant her daughter would uh, be healed. And then you hear the response of Jesus saying, let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. And I don't know about you, but it makes me feel really uncomfortable hearing that. And you wonder, you know, was that Jesus saying this? Did he actually say these words? Uh, and there are all kinds of interpretation as to what he meant uh, and why he said that. Uh, there's some say, you know, he kind of aligns uh, with the Gospel of Mark. He's all about portraying, uh, portraying human vulnerabilities and, and not even, uh, even that of Jesus. Uh, he was so tired that he entered the house and he just wanted his time. But this woman somehow finds him and corners him and asks to be healed with a persistent request. Or that there's you know, the, another interpretation is that that's how much he was set on his mission uh, to reach out to the Jews first. Uh, they uh, were the people that he was after primarily. Or perhaps he's just simply voicing out the words of the disciples. Uh, in, the, uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, it says that they urged him to send her away. Uh, you know, it's, uh, they were annoyed. The passage just prior to this story shine some light of understanding. Jesus had just told the disciples that it's not the food that enters our body that defiles us. It is what comes out of us, out of our heart, that defiles us. It is our greed, our selfishness, our fear, our pride, our jealousy. Those are the things that come out of us that defiles us. It's not the food. It's not what you eat. Don't judge, basically, uh, people by what they eat or what they look like on the outside, by their outer appearance. Yet interestingly, just after that, you know, immediately after that, I focus on the food. Right? Like crumbs, you know, how could she ask for crumbs right, and be okay with it? If I asked someone for food and they gave me crumbs, I'd be offended. But crumbs, crumbs are insignificant. Crumbs are nuisance. And the disciples, immediately after that teaching, looks at her and sees that she's she's a Gentile. She's not one of us. 
So she doesn't even need, require to be healed. You know, we, don't, we can't afford to spend time with this woman. Send her away. But this woman, you know, there's something about her. There's something that made Jesus turn around and look at her again. And he even says, great is your faith. For what you just said, I will heal your daughter. Initially, I, I wonder, is it her persistency? You know, is it her desperate plea that she won't give up? Is that, is that what he says, uh, that great is your faith? Is that what faith is all about? And I'm like, no, there must be something more. Something more to her and about her. When Jesus brushed her away by saying, let the children be fed first. So it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She says, sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. She's saying, Lord, it's okay. Even the crumbs are enough. Even the crumbs, they're more than enough for me. If I could just have that. Somehow this woman knew that there's no size to God's love and God's grace. She knew that even if it's crumbs, if it's God's grace, it's bountiful, it's abundant. It's not the grace and love of God that is small and skimpy that we don't experience it. It's because we're not able to see it and recognize that it is God's grace. And she kind of helps me understand what love is. The characteristics of love. First, it seems that love casts away fear. To this woman, love for her, her, her child, her sick child, was so great that she did not even feel, she did not, she did not even take, receive the insults and the rejections of the disciples and what seems like Jesus. To her, it was incomparably small because there's so much love inside of her for her child that it swallowed it up. And we think, you know, how could she tolerate uh, the rejection? You know, what seems like almost injustice, the words of Jesus. But there's so much love in this woman that there's no space for hatred. There's no space for fear. And it seems like Love and fear cannot coexist. When there's love inside of you, it casts away fear. It casts away anger and hatred. And another thing I see is when you have love, you forget about yourself. You know, we're so self-absorbed, right? Uh, Self-protection. It's all about us. It's so innate in us. But when there's love, we can easily forget about ourselves. We can empty ourselves. That's what love does to us. And I see that in celebration of Woman Sunday. I see that in our mothers. That they can empty themselves. The things that they do, the things that the extent that they go for their children and their family. It's amazing. Like, how 
would you do that? You know? But they don't think twice. If it was for themselves, I think they would think again. You know, some things that they wouldn't do, but if it's for their family, if, they're, if it's there for children, their husbands, they go all the way. And sometimes I realize, I see that they don't even feel their pain, or they, don't, they forget about their pain. They don't even realize there's pain. Because they're so focused on their loved ones. In KSM, when we have early morning prayer, and I see mothers, I see mothers praying, and those mothers, the women who are praying, and they're, you know they're crying as they pray, I know they're praying for their children. And then their husbands, yeah. <laughs> but primarily, I know it's for their children. It's <laughs> different reason they pray. For their husbands, I think. And this love I see in this woman gives you, gives her courage. She's not afraid to be vulnerable. She's not afraid to just open herself bare. And, and she's not stuck in, in shame or guilt. There's no time for that. Not, as a, not with the mentality of a victim, but with the strength that refuses to remain in the darkness. She's going to go at it. She's going to fight. She's going to face this. Recently, I saw a movie called uh, Room. It's based on a true story, unfortunately. Uh, bestseller and it's out in the theater. And it's about a, about a story of a woman, a young woman, who slopped up with her five-year-old son for the past seven years. And there's, they haven't seen the world, that little room is the world to them. But that one day, she faced, she said, we can't go on like this anymore. Uh, and to save her, her son's life, she risks, uh, she takes risks, and, and they escape that prison. And I find that it's the love the mother has for the son that made her, that gave her the courage to step out, to do something. I will not just remain. I will not be paralyzed. I will not just stay here like this and die. For my son, I'm going to fight. We're going to go out. He gave her the reason and he gave her the courage to face her problem and tackle it. And once I got out, the love between the mother and the son, it helped them to heal. Uh, and restore, be restored. The terrible pain and scars, they eventually healed. And there was a story that tells us, yes, there are evil out there, uh, tremendous evil, but love is much stronger. And love can overcome that evil. But we've got to remember that this love starts first with God, first in God. It's the love that we see on the cross. It's the love that we saw on the cross. We saw on the cross that it was a love that was victorious. It was a love that defeated death. 
hatred, anger, and fear on that cross. You know, we wonder, how could Jesus tolerate that abandonment, that rejection, that pain, and that absolute separation from God? How could he, how could he withstand that? But I realize that he, he can, and he did that, because love for all of us is much greater than the evil and the hatred and the pain that he had to face. And when we experience this, get a taste of this unconditional, unlimited love of God, and we know that we're truly loved, that we are beloved child of God, you start to discover the, the beauty, the beloved inside of you. You start to, uh, to just cherish that, and you see and you marvel that. And another thing I realized that you Without even an intention, you reflect that love. Because that love can't help itself but be reflected and flow from you. Another thing I realized that when you see the belovedness in you, you are able to discover the belovedness in other people. It may be family, it could be even complete stranger, but you can see and discover the belovedness in them. And it creates, that love creates within us the space uh, to embrace sometimes rejection to come along. And we're not too bothered if that love does not get returned. It's okay. We are already anchored in something more stronger and stable inside of us. When we go back to scripture, the disciples, they haven't got it quite yet. Rather than love, it was fear that was triggered inside of them. They saw and considered the woman as the other, not part of us. And that fear held them back and it holds us back from offering love and offering ourselves to other people. This past week, there has been numerous uh, disturbing incidents, as you are aware, uh, because people are reacting in fear. Uh, in wake of what has happened uh, in Paris, everywhere, and everywhere in the around the world. And because of fear in us, we, we judge people immediately. Right? And we consider them as the other, if they're different. And we we put up walls within us and around us. And we become defensive and protective. Then I, there was an interview uh, that went viral, I don't know if you had a chance to see it, about a father who took his uh, preschooler to the site uh, in Paris. Uh, and as they were giving flowers and candles, this reporter comes to the little boy uh, and asked the little boy, do you know what happened? And the boy replies, yes, uh, the bad guys, they did very mean, mean things. And now we have to move. We might have to move. And the father says, no, we're not moving. France is our home. 
But he says, but daddy, those guys are really mean. And they have guns. But the father replies, that's okay. You know, they might have guns, but we have flowers. And the boy was reassured. And I think the father ultimately wanted to tell the boy that um, love, flowers, are much more powerful. Are much more powerful than hatred and any kind of violence. We see that in today's passage, love, experiencing, and being able to recognize that love is much more powerful than fear. And when you have that love, it drives out fear. It casts away hatred. And you can see this woman was much bigger, much more courageous and wiser than the disciples. Again, it's something that Jesus has taught us on the cross. Love is much greater than hatred and even death. But like the disciples, however, it probably will not come easy for us. Henry Nouwen said in his book, The Prodigal Son, he said, this giving of self is a discipline because it's something that does not come spontaneously. As children of the darkness that rules through fear, self-interest, greed, and power, our great motivators are survival and self-preservation. But as children of the light who know that perfect love casts out all fear, it becomes possible to give away all that we have for others. Every time I take a step in the direction of generosity, I know that I'm moving from fear to love. It will not come naturally to us. Uh, it's something we need to uh, practice. But first we need to recognize that God's love is what makes that possible. That love does not come from us. And it's God's love that casts away all, all fear and breaks down the walls of hostility within me and around me. I pray uh, that we uh, draw ourselves closer to this love so that this love uh, is, gets reflected in our lives and in all that we do. So that whoever you see might be a stranger, that we, we're able to discover and call out their beauty uh, in every day that we live. If I could have the praise team and have some time to reflect and pray. So, um, close your eyes and if you could pray. God, give us the eyes to see the abundance of your love and grace. It's not just crumbs. It's in every little thing around us, there's beauty and there's, there's your grace. Help us to see that. And help us to realize that we have your love that casts out fear from us. Lord, grant us your grace so that the walls of hostility and fear are broken down within us and around us. Grant us your perfect love so that it overflows in our being to the people around us, to the stranger that we need throughout the day. Let's pray.
hearts that are wounded and, and in fear, are still filled with disbelief of what has happened and what is happening. Father, in the places around the world, in the hearts of your people, please grant your presence and your peace and your mercy. Help all of us to discover that flowers, your love, your compassion are much more powerful than any guns or hatred of any kind. Let's pray for the world.